We read today on this fifth Sunday in the season of Lent from John, the fourth gospel, chapter 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you loved is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was staying. Then after he said this, after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the religious community were just now trying to stone you and you're going to go there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in daylight Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. His disciples said, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about Lazarus' death. But they thought he was referring to merely sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there. So that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the religious community had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of God. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, they will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. And told her privately, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. When Mary heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The religious community with Mary in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. 
When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the religious community who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Where have you laid him, he asked. Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. The religious community said, see how he loved him. But others said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Say what you will about Bibles, but that's a heck of a story. Some people look at a Bible and they look at kind of a good luck charm, something you need to have around the house, not not really read it, but just have it for good luck. Other people uh, read it all the time. Some people read it uh, literally. They, They take it to mean exactly what it says. Some people take it more metaphorically. Uh, Some people read it and think it's about the future, about the end of times. And other people read it and see that it's a work that is always working, inviting, calling. Whatever you think about the Bible, at least we can agree that it is a collection of stories about new life. You can start in Genesis with the creation story, and it's a story of new life. He can move on to the story of Noah after the people had failed God's dream for the world and God wanted to start over and create new life again, new beginnings. Further back in Genesis is the story of Joseph and his brothers, the sons of of, uh, Isaac, and all that it means for for them to be a a family together, how they take their brother and they, they put him in slavery. 
They essentially kill him off, but he comes back. And he becomes important in Pharaoh's house so that then he can deliver his family from famine. It's a story of new life. Exodus is the story of Moses, how he's pulled out of the water as an infant and given new life in Pharaoh's court, how he uses that for good, even after he murders someone and is in exile, how God calls him and uses him to do this work of love. It goes on and on. Ruth and David and Job and this passage 9 I read from Ezekiel, the prophet. Prophecy is not about future. It's about God calling in the present moment. Always speaking to the day. And then, of course, you move into the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These stories of Jesus, this one who comes bringing new life in all kinds of ways. New life to tax collectors. New life to prostitutes. New new life to those who are stuck in religion as rules. He, He does these things that show... That, that God is not done. He opens the eyes of the blind. And in John 11, he raises a man who's been in the grave for four days. All leading to this central story that we begin next Sunday on Passion Sunday, Palm Sunday. Where the life giver himself is killed and put into the ground. What can God do now? And if we tell the story of Easter, it is, as the hymn says, this book is a constant witness to God's mercy. The thing I love about the Bible is that you don't have to just believe it because it says believe it. You can go out into the world, out into this springtime day, and you can see this story lived out again and again. This story Our faith story is in harmony with creation. As the quote on the cover of the Order of Service from Wendell Berry says, Life forms rise out of the earth and they fall back into the earth. They rise out of the earth, they fall back into the earth. And so this biblical story is part of a much bigger story of all of life that regenerates and makes new. But there's even more. Because this isn't just a story about the recycling of energy. Jesus had said to Mary and Martha, your your brother will rise on the last day. And they said, yeah, we know that. But we, we, we want more. We want life Now, we don't want just the power of that sacred energy doing its thing after we die. We want that transformative power to be revealed and to birth new life here, in this life, in me, in us, who we are, to give us insights into ourselves. Where our flesh or our ego keeps us bound to liberate us and let us go. To allow us to let go of the past and walk freely and alive and unencumbered into what God has for us for today. Not just as individuals, but as a people. You want to make America great? Do the things that Jesus said. 
I was hungry, he said. You gave me something to eat. Thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Sick and in prison. He didn't say that to individuals. He said that to nations. Matthew 25. He's speaking to the nations of the world. This new life. It's possible. It's not only possible. It's going to come. It's God's dream for the world. And God is not done. To be born again, to be raised from the dead, is to see a bigger world and to walk into it and to embrace it and love it with all the compassion and justice that is God. And so this great story from John 11, where Lazarus is raised, it's one of John's signs. John gives signs. This is what God is about. This is what God is doing in this new day. Turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, opening the eyes of the blind, and here raising a man from dead to alive again, which is to say to us, there is this mercy at large in the world, this loving intention, this holy way. It is not winning today. Like Jesus at Lazarus' tomb, we grieve often the plight of those things that kill people's souls, that bury people's dreams, that leave them rotting in in a cave for four days. And we look for that mercy that has the power to command the stone to be moved and to create an opening, a door, a threshold, an invitation And then this voice speaks the name, your name, your name. In this narrative, we hear Lazarus come forth. But if you listen deeply with a listening heart, you will hear your name spoken, awakening you to life, that you don't have to be stuck anymore. You can walk through the door. I know that door very well. I know the inside of that cave intimately. I've thought about decorating it for myself. I live in there so much. I was stuck in there this week, caught in a loop of anxiety and reactivity and hearing things in such a negative light that it hooked the yet-to-be-redeemed parts of me, those shamed parts of me, and I felt dead. And it took someone coming along and rolling away the stone and calling my name. It was an angel. Her name is Terry, and she calls my name and reminds me of what's important, of what God is doing, and that God is not done. Listening hearts hear it, and they believe this voice of a new day that says, rise, Walk through the door, not just once, not just joining a church. Come on. But again 
and again and again throughout our life. The Apostle Paul said, I die every day. Every day, which means he rose every day. It's the miracle and the blessing, the very gift of life. Some 20 years ago, a movie came out. I'm not a huge moviegoer, but I did see The Truman Show. Stars Jim Carrey, who's usually in crazy shows like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and other classics, but... The Truman Show is funny, but it's, it tells a story. It's the story of a, a baby named Truman Burbank, Jim Carrey, who is an orphan and is adopted by this media corporation who has this idea, let's create a reality show called The Truman Show, and we'll just have cameras and and hidden cameras all over that will record the life of this little baby, Truman. As Truman grows into a toddler and then off to school and makes friends, we'll record it all, and people all over the country will watch The Truman Show, and that's what happened. They created this fake world out in Los Angeles. A whole set dedicated to Truman, where Truman lived his life not knowing, not knowing that he was the subject of a national TV show. Truman doesn't know that his mother and father are actors. He doesn't know that the little children he grew up with are actors, that at home they go to another world. But at some point, Truman begins to catch on. A few things happen. He's like, there's, there's more to life than, than what I'm seeing and knowing here. And, and he wants it. And in great symbolism, Truman has to overcome his fear of water. He commandeers a little sailboat. And out on this little fake lake that he thinks is, is the ocean, uh, he sets out on his sailboat to find this world that he knows is out there somewhere. Truman is sailing along when all of a sudden his boat hits something and he comes to discover he's hit the edge of the fake world that he's lived in. He's hit the wall. He goes along the wall until he finds a set of stairs and at the top of the stairs is a door marked Exit. And the movie ends with Truman's hand on the doorknob. Will he open the door and walk into a new world? This is many of your stories. You've been living in a fake world, a world of shame and scarcity and competition. And fear, a world where there's nothing new. Kesara, Sarah, what will be, will be as it was, and so shall it be now and forevermore. Amen. But listening hearts hear their name called. They hear the stone rolled away. They see the light coming in, and they're invited. Come out. What are you going to do? Let's pray together.
May we hear. May we believe. May we rise. And may we walk to the sound of your voice. God revealed in Jesus the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.